Welcome to another episode of the Rental Journal Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the equipment rental industry. I'm your host, Mark Simonson, and today's guest is Aileen Hiskins. Aileen is the founder of Strategic Alignment Training, a company that delivers coaching, mentoring, and training programs. And the reason I wanted to bring Aileen on the podcast was because she helped design and deliver through Strategic Alignment Training two of the most important programs in the equipment rental industry to date. And they are the Women in Hire program and the Young Professional Network, both through the Hire Rental Association. If you don't know what those programs are, go check them out, get your employees involved with them because they are an amazing program that people should really put their, their staff through if they get the opportunity. So Aileen's been involved in those those programs in helping design them. So I wanted to understand how she got into the industry and what services does strategic alignment training actually offer the equipment rental industry. So Aileen, thank you for coming on the Rental Journal podcast. Let's start off with just understanding on who is Aileen Hiskins and what is strategic alignment training? First, thanks, Mark. Thanks very much for having me here. Um, Aileen Hiskins is a, um, a mum, a wife, a daughter. Um, I live out in Berwick in Victoria and um, sort of got a bit of, not a huge amount of land around me, but a bit enough to kind of get get some things done in the garden and, and, and do really enjoy that, being out, outdoors and um, in indoors. So strategic alignment training is um, my business that came about 10 years ago, actually. And in fact, uh, we've just sort of had an anniversary of that. But why it came about is I was an employee at NAB and I was quite senior in the learning and development. And NAB being a large organisation, when there was government government initiatives, they would um, allow for us to go and be involved in it. And I was involved in a project called um, Skills for Growth. And it was a project for Victorian businesses with less than 200 staff. And the Victorian government would allow... Um, someone like me to go in and look at the business, look at where it's going, look at what capability gaps there were in, in terms of training, and then um, provide training for that. And I just loved it. It was a project that I was doing one day a week, and uh, I was still an employee at NAB at the time. And I just, um, what I was seeing was that NAB's a great, was a great organisation, but it was a big organisation. And what, when you did some work in it, you know, there was, it was sometimes hard to really get things that were, that you could move quickly. Whereas with these, um, businesses with less than 200 staff, I was actually going in and seeing the difference that it was making. So I decided that I would move from doing this one day a week to actually coming out and um, starting my own business. And strategic alignment training was born out of that project, really. And for me, it had, it was, it ticked the boxes. It was strategic. It was aligned to the business's strategy and it was training the, the you know, for the gaps. Um, and so one of those businesses that I was um, that I looked after happened to be in the hire and rental industry. And so that was the beginning of my experience in, in hire and rental. Now, that was a company called Waverley Forklifts um, in Victoria. And um, that's sort of where it all started. And, and um, from there, I got to you know, be much more involved in the industry. And so talk me through with Waverly Forklift. So that was your first involvement in the equipment rental industry. What, what was that engagement and how did it evolve from there? Yeah, so, so the engagement came about because they were a participant in this Skills for Growth program. So I went into their business, looked at where their strategy was, aligned the capabilities, and then trained a number of their staff in things like leadership, customer service, 
teamwork and such. And I met a number of people who I still connect very much with today. But one person was a guy called Mick McGarry, who is now the general manager of Queensland Forklifts. And Mick was at the time was the committee member of um, in, uh, HRA Victoria. And he said to me, look, Alan, you've got to come and talk to our people about the stuff that you do. And so I got an opportunity to come to a Victorian meeting. And it was at Wackenesen. Then it was, um, it was beautiful place but freezing cold and the and and having and I just met these most incredible people and I came away from it and I remember it I can actually remember that night so significantly I'd spent most of my career in financial services and in financial services that they, they, they simply do not collaborate they just don't collaborate um, and I'd, I'd gone into this room with these people who were from all different businesses and in any other part of the day or the week they're competitors and here they were sharing genuinely sharing um, not their facts and their figures but their their experiences and I just I fell for it immediately. I really did. I thought this is a great home for me. It's got collaboration. It's got develop. You know, it's got people who really care, who are passionate. And I knew then that I wanted to be part of this industry. And so, uh, sort of from there, I guess I would go to meetings and I would um, learn and be involved and ask questions. And then in 2017, there was an opportunity to actually become the uh, partner of training to the industry and um, so went off to a board meeting and, and and a decision was made that strategic alignment training would be the partner uh, for the Higher Rental Industry Association. Hey Rental Journal podcast listeners, tired of manual data entry in your CRM? Does your current CRM slow you down? It's time to build and close deals from anywhere. Remove manual data entry Create and send quotes in three clicks with Arrow. Finally, a powerful way to close deals on your phone. See Arrow in action at the ARA show in Las Vegas on October 17th through 20th. The Arrow team will be at booth 1636 to talk to you, answer your questions, and show you how you can search for inventory in seconds, track your pipeline, send e-documents, and more. Plus, while you're there, you can pick up a free t-shirt and enter Arrow's raffle to win a Yeti cooler. Unlock your growth with Arrow, the tool built specifically for rental dealers to build and close big deals in a simple, powerful way. Enjoy the rest of the podcast, but be sure to check out Arrow at booth 1636 at the 2021 ARA show in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I always talk to people about how the industry is, is really connected. And, and the, the way I always describe that is every other industry, the competitors are always not really helping each other. Uh, in 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 hire and in rental, like the concept of of sub hire or re rents, where you're you're moving equipment between each other to help each other grow and fulfill orders and things like that, it's just so unique. And I think that's a really good example of building each other up and and working together. And and yeah, I completely agree. I've been to many many meetings and and the trade shows over the years, and and everyone really is there to to network and help each other out and grow together. And it it is a real connected industry as one it, it really is so um so that yeah so i fell for that and, and wanted to be part of it and then that sort of just has grown so then i've um, had opportunity then to really add my i guess my expertise in learning and development and also not only learning and development i was um, really um, comfortable with and exposed and had exposure to a number of grants that would be available um, and so it was really being able to help members both you know, really small businesses and, and the larger businesses uh, gain access to quality learning and development 
and then having some support in terms of some financial support if, if that was a barrier. Um, so that was the two things that, that I really provided advice to the industry was how do we support this financially and what is the best way to, to um, you know, to develop people. And um, so from there, the programs have, have grown. Some, some programs are, I'm a facilitator of and I design them and they're, they're absolutely badged um, programs to the industry. And then some of the members will will participate in strategic alignment training um, programs and courses, and um, so it's just been such an yeah, you know, it's been such an, an amazing experience, and mm. I absolutely feel myself as part of it. I I truly feel like a partner, um, and that's because the industry, um, the, like the industry office, national office themselves, and all of the members that you know that we've that I've had the opportunity to be involved with. That's great. So, so do you want to talk about some of the programs Strategic Alignment Training has been associated with? Yeah, yeah. So particularly for the higher rental industry association, there's there's three that I sort of that come to that for me come to mind um, immediately as being um, industry programs that strategic alignment training supports, facilitates, designs in many ways um, the learning experiences of, but they're absolutely the, the programs, the industry. They're the industry's programs for, for the industry. And I, I really see it like that. I play a part in that, but it's absolutely the industry's programs. And, and those are the Women in Higher and Access um, Mentoring Program, the Young Professional Network Leadership Program, and then there's a, a program which is called HATS, which is the higher, um, higher assess, um, apprenticeship and traineeship scheme. So they're three programs that are, that are rolled out to members and that members have opportunity to participate in as part of their membership um, that, that Strategic Alignment Training truly partners with, develops, um, arranges guest presenters, um, you know, runs, facilitates the programs, um, all very aligned to the, to the industry. So, um, so an example will be if I look at the um, Women in Hire program, the program um, has workshops that develop the confidence of women in our industry and, and they have mentors. So, uh, so the, the women that participate in that are, are referred to as a mentee. So they're a, they have a mentee um, role in it. Then the mentors are all mentors from within the industry. They're not external mentors. They're both male and female. Um, at more and more as the years go on, we're getting more females that are stepping up to those roles because more females are in, in those positions of mentorship. Um, but there's a lot of males that are providing that mentorship. So um, that's what I mean about it being an industry program for the industry. And then um, the national office. So for that particular program, Dee Delore is the, um, the manager of the Women in Hiring and um, Access program. And so she and I um, will facilitate those programs. Um, and, and so uh, there'll be things on there that are really geared to build business acumen, to build confidence, to build uh, self-awareness. And, um, and I guess really for those women to feel the, um, the confidence to, to grow in this career, in, in this mm. industry. And, and can you talk a little bit more about the Young Professionals Network as well? Yes. Yeah, so there's um, there's two things with the Young Professionals. So Young Professionals is for young members who are under the age of 40, so 40 and under. So they're um, both male and female. And there's two things. There's one is the actual um, Young Professional Network, which is anyone in that in that 
demographic. And then there's a Young Professional Network program, which is an annual program where you nominate yourself um, and you, with your manager's um, approval to be on the program, which is a structured program of development where you are, where you do have a mentor. So for a, a period of, it's about to start again now, um, nominations, if you're listening to this, are probably out or just, um, just about to come out. And, um, and those, uh, th those participants are actually on a structured program where they have a mentor. So they have, they attend a training session, whether that's face-to-face -face or via Zoom, depending on obviously restrictions and geographics. Um, they have a mentor that they're, that's been, they've been aligned to, and they meet with that mentor. And then they practice out in their workplace some of the things that they've learned. So what we're hoping to get from the young professionals is people who will be our future board members who are who who learn about the industry from all different angles who show passion for that industry and who um you know who, who will then give back to that industry as a as whether it's through a mentorship or whether it's and we're already seeing that actually mark we're seeing previous mentees that are now mentors um we're seeing um, people who wanting to participate in you know meetings and um and hopefully board, become board members and such. So that young professionals are generally speaking, people who have got an interest, a talent, a, and um, you know, that have really been shaping this industry and providing their, their experiences or their views on it. And then you couple that with these mentors that have just got amazing experiences, some of which have been in the industry for you know, 30, 40 years, some people. And so the combination of those, the, the young um, new way of thinking digitally and, and otherwise, along with this mentor is really making a, a you know, really making a difference. Um, so mm. it's, for me, again, it's a passion, it's an absolute passion project. Um, and, but I, as I say, I play a role in it, but I see that and the, um, and the women in hire as, um, has been two examples of, of programs that are the industry's programs, the members programs facilitated out of the national office by members, for members, with, you know, with members. Um, and I think that that's why they're so deep and so, um, you know, so successful because, um, yeah. you know, yeah. such great experiences in amongst it all. That's amazing. Yeah, well, we'll put links in the in the show notes of how people can can register and join or apply for both programs. And, and also we'll put a link towards strategic alignment training as well, just so people can, can go through. But yeah, it's amazing that you've, you found that passion uh, and it's great that the, the High Rancher Association and, and yourself are, are putting together these programs because it is something that is, is really building up the future of, of the industry in Australia in particular. Have you built any programs out for any specific clients as well, not just the, the governing bodies of the industry? Yeah, yeah. So one in particular that's um, that I maybe if I talk to now is for Coates Hire, um, and that's a program called Leap, um, and it's a program for future female leaders. It's actually a sponsorship program. So the difference between the mentorship program and a sponsorship program is that a mentor will be from another business, and they will be able to provide you guidance and you know be a sounding board and be that mentor. Whereas the sponsor can actually really provide exposure to you know at, at to making difference and making change within that business. So this program actually came about by um, a guy called Pete Davis. And I know that many listeners, will, if they know Coates, they, they'll most likely know Pete. He's been around a long time. And, um, and Coates Hire 
from the year, the couple of years past, had been uh, participating sort of, I guess, ca casually really in the HRIA's Women in Hire program. But what they wanted to do was they wanted to really get it right internally and do things internally and, and still would then, you know, participate in, in, in more broad industry programs, but wanted to actually bring it in. And so, um, so Pete actually, um, with you know, con convince the executive and, and Murray to to look at running a program. And, and I was fortunate enough to be the person that they that they asked to build it for them and with them. Um, so that's a program which is um, has a, a, a learning agility. So again, all around self-awareness, um, accountability, business acumen. And after every workshop, the sponsors, the sponsors across the business, senior, senior sponsors will come in and really listen and ask um, and also share their experiences with the women that are on the program. And the growth has been amazing. Um, literally, um, just this week, I've had you know emails from people just saying about the growth and how, how much exposure these women and their, their thoughts and their ideas. So just to give you just a simple one, but it made such a difference was that one of the things that one of the women brought up at a, at a panel with the sponsors was that the uniforms are actually made for men um, and so that was one a takeaway from that was that Coates said we'll go and talk to our manufacturer you know the person who manufactures these uniforms and let's let's address that you know let's address that the crutch doesn't have to be <laughs> hanging you know much further than it than it needs to be so these um they were these are that's great you know in my mm. opinion that's fabulous program it's about to to graduate uh, no one wants to come off it we're all um you know we're all so excited to still be on it the the, the sponsors have have written to myself and and there's a, a, a woman um internally um who uh, rowan esman who runs it internally for um you know is in every session and they're writing to us saying they don't want to stop this so they're they're setting things up those women to stay together um, and support each other beyond. And I guess that's, for me, that's one of the, the real successes is that um, the facilitation may be finished, but the continue, you know, the support that they have, the exposure that they have, the connections that they've built continue on for years, uh, years to come. And we've seen some such great examples of women who've never met anyone, each other other than in the Zoom room. Someone from Darwin uh, is, is supporting someone from Port Macquarie and, and likewise and otherwise. And it's just been, it's been incredible, to be mm. fair. It's been um, another passion, another <laughs> passion project for me. My husband has a sign on my filing cabinet that says, just because you love what you do doesn't mean you do it for free. And I would if I could, Mark, um, especially with these things, it really, um, you know, it really gives me joy and, um, and it makes a difference. And it's strategically aligned. So that particular program is in alignment with, uh, with Team 25, which is Coates' strategy for, for you know, for um, now to, to 25. And it's all about really making sure that, that they are, they have that diversity and that they have, um, they really have the opportunity to provide the roles for the best people and that people are as prepared as they can to be able to take on these leadership roles. And so the growth has been absolutely supported all the way through. Um, and I'm, you know, it's it genuinely, it's not, it's not being paid lip service. It's absolutely been um, dedicated. The effort that um, Manal Thomas and, um, and Rowan and the team, the HR team, along with the executive, the sponsors, Murray, everyone 
has um, you know has focused their attention on making sure that this is successful. And, mm, and I just yeah. had an email last night to say that we're doing it again for next year. So I'm really excited about that. Wow, that's amazing. So, so if there's other rental companies out there, whether it be large like Coates or even small or midsize, and, and they want to think about programs or they want to try and address some challenges they've got internally, but they're not sure how to do that, how would they engage with you and strategic alignment training to sort of build that up? Yeah, so we try to be present at wherever you know we can. I mean, COVID has been a challenge for everyone, but um, the industry has been fabulous at supporting us to be at the trade shows and you know invited to um, to meetings and such. So we we're definitely there. That also in newsletters, it might be and look things like today. If people are listening today and they're thinking that might be something that I want to do, um, they, and, and even if they think there's a barrier there with you know cost of it or what have you there's usually opportunities to remove that barrier. And I guess that's one of the things that, you know, that, that I can really support them with. So it's really reaching out to me, you know, sending me an email or, or going through the, the national office in terms of, um, you know, that, that connection. But um, any question is, uh, I'm very happy to support people in whichever way we can. Um, the Vortex group are another group that are doing some really exciting things. Um, we help supporting them on leadership programs and, and they've been, um, you know, they've really been, it's been a benefit to them. Um, the, the COVID things are a bit challenging for everyone. So trying to get back into a room, but there's, and Harry the Hire, are they, as in the event space, you know, they've done some great things around mate to manager as well. So we've been there for those with the small businesses, what we do in that regard, and this is why I really love it, is we bring we can bring them together. So it doesn't have to be that you're because I'm, I only have one leader, I can't participate. Um, absolutely, you can. So we'll we'll do that. I've got some people in um, at the moment with Aim Hire doing it with um, some guys from Allcott. We just make sure that we're not there's not a, a real conflict there, but otherwise. I'm absolutely happy to support development in any way. Mm, awesome. So, so I was looking through your website as well, and I saw this, this term around a DISC profile. And I yeah. thought it'd be interesting for you to, to just explain what is it, a DISC profile and what benefits do they provide the employers and the employees as well? Yeah, so a DISC profile is a psychometric instrument. There are a number of psychometric instruments out there, but um, why I like DISC is it's really easy to understand, it's really actionable, and it talks to behaviours and preferences as opposed to sort of some of them feel like they're quite labelling. Um, I must admit, when I first started using the DISC profile in the higher rental industry, and I said to the guys, have you, you, know, have you heard of a DISC profile? And then some of them say, we're mechanics. We know exactly what a DISC profile is. But for, um, of course, it's not that one. So it's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a really useful instrument that kind of really looks at how um, the preferences of our brain. Um, some people are really direct. And, um, and in terms of their, they have activity in their brain that's actually um, helping them in terms of that way of, of behaving in that way, which might work for them lots of their day, but then in other times it may not. So what DISC does is it allows people to kind of really understand who they are, what their preferred way of behaving is, and how they can modify it when they need to. If that, if that person who is really direct was dealing with someone who, who needed it to be a little softer, they can kind of understand that rather than judge it. And what I've found is um, it's been really useful. In fact, there's been most programs that we run through the higher rental industry 
the disc or a variation of the um, the workplace disc is part of it and and the majority of people who have taken it have said it's actionable it's useful it's easy to understand um, they have uh, and, and it doesn't feel labeling it doesn't feel like it's sort of putting people into a box it really is looking at preferences so the reason that it's called disc is that it's the shape of the disc when the when you get your instrument it's on the shape of a disc but the letters of, are represented by the d is direct or dominant the i is influence the s is steady and the c is conscientious so sometimes used as compliant so um, if someone has a preference for the D, direct, or the I, influence, they're usually a little bit more fast-paced, extroverted in there, and expressive. The, um, someone who has a preference for the S, the steady, or the C, conscientious, they usually are more, have more of a preference for um, being more reserved or more, more introverted. So by understanding where your preferences are, again, you can sort of um, modify your communications to match what the audience needs, um, rather than it being I'm really fast paced and I need to just kind of take it back for a moment. So the D is direct and it's sort of like, if I could use some birds, sometimes this helps people. The D is the eagle, the only bird that flies into the eye of a storm, really focused, really direct, really um, comfortable with leading. The eye is sort of a bit more like the parrot or the peacock comfortable talks to think that's one of the big characteristics so a lot of motivation a lot of talking the s is much more steady the dove and the d at the c rather is more like the owl wants to get it right was the the wise so we do all of these and each of these but we'll have a preference to one or two of them and it can really mark it can really make a difference by understanding it and i've had so many people kind of they use the birds because they have a bit of a laugh with that when they're doing it. Um, but they're also really, it you know, sticks in their mind that, oh, that person that talks a lot used to drive me crazy. But now I'm, that's, now I'm understanding that's their way of expressing. And sometimes I might be able to now use a language with them to say, be a little less parrot in this meeting. I just need you to be a little more owl-like or a little bit more eagle-like or a bit more dove. And it really does help um, people to, to have better relationships, to communicate better and to really get along um, without judgment. And for me, that's a really important part of it. You know, we can move around. You know, I can be very eagle-like uh, when I need to be. But it doesn't mean that I'm, you know, my natural style is much more peacock, much more um, parrot. Doesn't mean that I can't be that when that suits that too. Yeah. So the actual instrument itself, it takes about fifteen minutes to complete. In fact, it's so um, accurate for twenty-eight questions. Completing twenty-eight questions, you know, you walk away with this real understanding and profile. And and people say to me, I think that is it like a horoscope because they're reading it. I think this is me. This is this is so me. So they're incredibly accurate, incredibly accurate. You know, you can action them, and they're not judgmental. So that's you know the, the real benefits of it. Yeah. So the, what goes through my brain is. It's probably an opportunity to better understand the perspective of other people if you're yeah. fully aware of someone's disc profile. And, and it's almost like a superpower if you're in sales because you can, you can use it to effectively communicate and, and make sure that it's a win-win situation for both parties. Uh, if, you're, if you're a manager and you're trying to um, mentor someone or get someone through a project or you're trying to teach them something and if if they're not picking it up as fast as you or they're doing this or that and if you understand the way that they they their brain is wired then you can communicate more effectively and 
and really get more out of them. So I think there's a lot to the benefit of, of really putting an effort to, to, to get those types of findings. And those that have done it, so across the industry now, we've probably got, do you know what, it'd be hundreds now, hundreds of members across the industry because mate-to-manager programs, women hire, young professionals, all of those programs um, as part of those programs have the DIS profile. So you've kind of got this opportunity of this awareness and then a language. And of those people that have taken the, the instrument, they've said, well, that was really useful. It's a tool, just like a tool, you know, to fix that piece of machinery or whatever. It's a piece of data and it's not labelling. It's not saying that person is there, but it's providing that understanding. It's such, you know, it really is such a useful um, piece of, of data that you wouldn't otherwise, you wouldn't otherwise have. So Yeah. Yeah. You just wouldn't yeah. have on your business card. I'm a high D. <laughs> when no. you turn up with your business card, that's not the yeah. purpose. <laughs> But it's so interesting because, and the other thing I really love about it is you don't need a HR degree to get it. You, you know, really quickly, you can kind of understand, all right, we've got the, they're much more eagle-like, they're a parrot, they're a dove and they're an owl, you know, that you can kind of, I know that that's sort of um, using birds, but you can really understand quite quickly. And so it helps you interact. And I ran a session where I had 200 people in the room, Mark, and I ran, I used actors to role play out each of the preferences and the actors were role playing out the, um, the next quarter of sales and they were role-playing out the D preference and in the room I asked people to write down as the actors were role-playing it out just to write down how they were feeling with it and the D's in the room said I feel pumped I've got clarity I know exactly let me go let me go and do what I got to do the S's in the same room at the same time with the same actors role-playing it out felt that they were they were too blunt they felt bullied they felt so it was perception it really helps with that so if I'm a leader and I'm a really high preference to, you know, to be really direct, I've just got to be mindful of how that might be being perceived. Um, and that's why by me understanding it, it's not saying, you know, I'm a D, but it's understanding that, that, that when I'm in a room with other people who are very similar, we're all, you know, all sort of singing, taking the same aspect mm. of it. But yeah, mm. it's, it's a, it's a great tool. I've used it for conflict resolution and it's been so successful because it's not about labeling. It's about understanding. Um, and that's, that's the real benefit of it. Um, yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah. And so, so when we talk about leaders within organization as well, like every manager and every leader wants to really bring up their team around them and build up the, the, the organization. So, so I guess what, what can leaders do to support the professional development of their employees? Do you think? Yeah, look, my thing on it is be involved. So um, when someone comes to a, a training program, if their manager or leader knows about knows that they're going to that and takes an interest in what today's session is about, the success is um, significantly more. So take an interest. So if they're going off to a, a training program, ask them what do they expect to get out of it um, you know what? What are they? Let uh, so many times people have come in and they've they don't know why they're there. They don't know what it's about. They don't know. You know they've just been the managers told them to go. For example, um, whereas the ones that come in and says, you know, my manager booked me on this program because he sees that there's a the, the benefit of me understanding how to manage conflict, and and then when you go back, actually um, talk to them about what did you get from it. How might you apply that and, and guide them, tell your stories. I think great skill for leaders. And one of my favorite programs that I run is a short program is about storytelling. So sharing your stories. Um, Mark, in our world of learning and development, we have a, a thing called the, um, the, the 70-20-10 
philosophy. And so what that means is that 10% of our learning comes from the training course, 20% by being coached or mentored. And this is where the leader can really play a part. It's a bit like when mum and 10% was getting your L plates, 20% was going out driving with mum and dad. And 70% of learning to drive actually happened when you got your peas, when you were driving mm. in the night. So what leaders can do is, is coach or mentor, share their experiences, especially if they're vulnerable about themselves, where they were or where they even are, um, and then allow for the, the participants, their people, to have experiences. Don't send someone off on the leadership program and then, then don't let them you know, get involved in a, in a meeting. Let them yeah. come to the meeting. Let them step in instead of you. Um, don't protect your position. You know, let let people, I mean, grow. Um, I've got a program that I run with some branch managers from some within the industry, from different branches for, for a different business. One branch manager gets disrupted every few minutes because he's the only one in the branch that can do this, can do that, can do whatever. And I said to him, what happens when you're on leave? And the other branch manager who was in the, the Zoom room at the same time, he said, I send one of my guys down because my guy, all of everyone, everyone in my um, branch is a branch manager. So get involved, give uh, coach and mentor, share your experiences, share your stories and make sure that you, um, you know, that you give them opportunity to practice. And that's mm. how people learn. Training of itself is not enough. Yeah, it's almost like the, the mindset of, not overvaluing qualifications and undervaluing skills yeah, because you, you can have like all the degrees or all the all the diplomas in the world but if you don't actually have a real world experience then you're probably going to run into a few challenges yeah you're absolutely right we've got three programs that we've built in um, for the industry at, at a certificate level certificate three certificate four they're very much practice uh, they to, to receive that certificate you've got to practically use that skill in the workplace and some people will say to me that um, and not so much in this industry but certainly in others but in this industry I'm sure people might think it I don't want to do that certificate because I've already got a degree but if I put my HR hat on what what I'm saying is the degree is a lot about theory the certificate is showing you've practically used this in a workplace and so that's where the practice side of it is you're absolutely right mark it's so um it's it's showing that you can actually use it it's useful um mm. it's making it difference rather than it's on a you know looks shiny on a wall with a, which is fabulous as well but not i think we've just got to be mindful of of um of don't underestimate the value of of actually experience and if we look at our mentors in the industry many of those mentors everything that they've brought in there is is being built by experience as opposed to a piece of paper not saying they haven't got pieces of paper but they what they're bringing to those um, mentoring conversations is is real experience mm, that's great and so what do you think that the construction industry or construction related businesses can do to attract more women into their organization and the industry yeah, I think one of the things is flexibility. So looking at about how flexible are, are we um, to have that's that is a challenge and a barrier. We know that's a barrier for, for women um, in terms of the flexibility to be able to to potentially pick up from school or, or have have time out to have children or whatever it might be. So um, one thing I'd say is be flexible and look at your flexibility and see whether it's not just for, certainly not just for females, but just generally, because a flexible workplace is going to be a lot more more um, 
attractive to to attracting attracting women who who might who may require that flexibility and it can be done you know i've seen businesses do it incredibly well inside construction industries where they've got job shares and and um you know different shift sides and such so just look at the flexibility don't ask why it can't be done ask you know how could it be done so looking that's a big one the other one that I would say is that when we think of construction, we tend to think about very um, construction uh, roles in um, maybe sitting on an elevated platform or whatever. But there are so many roles that are in construction, like project managers, surveyors, civil, in, you know, there's lots of roles that actually are, are not um, male dominated roles in other industries. There's project managers, um, you know, in, in industries. So if I take my, my previous background around financial services, um, some of the best project managers that I ever worked with were female because they had that, you know, it just it's a different, you know, different way of looking at things. So we, I think when we're um, thinking of the industry, we've got to bring forward some of those roles and, and just change the, the image of what careers are available inside a construction industry. Because if I'm sitting at uni or it's high school right now, I might be thinking that construction industry is about being in a, you know, digging inside a big hole. Whereas it may absolutely be, that may be it, and it may also not be. Now, the other thing is that, um, that when encourage, um, support your women that you have got in the industry. And I want to uh, tell you a really quickly, a really a real story of a diesel mechanic, one of the best diesel mechanics that, um, that Coates Hire <laughs> or other businesses had seen. She was saying that 11 times out of 12 months, she's, she'll have um, businesses, clients saying, no, send someone else, um, you know, send a mail. So, and in her experiences, her manager will ring up and say that she's our best mechanic, let her in. Previous managers that she may have had may not have done that. They might have said, I'll oh, come back, you know, come back, we'll send someone else, you don't have to deal with that. No, you've got, you know, treat, it. almost you want that neutrality of the best person for the role and encourage that tell stories of it, show, show, um, you know, share the experiences that, that women have had in the construction industry who've, who've been successful. Um, mentoring programs are great for that as well. Mm, yeah. I've actually got a story similar to that as well, not, not to that extent, but I had someone on the podcast from Mr. Plant Hire in, in the UK, Elle yeah. it is. And so she, she heads up the access division for, for them. And, and when she was younger, she told a story about how uh, a customer needed a, a, a small bit of gear um, put on the back of a, uh, of a, of a ute. And, and she, she brought it out constantly. Like it was just a, a daily recurrence. So she's doing it every day and she got there. And then the customer said to her, you can't do that. Like, what are you doing? And then she'd been doing it every single day. I think she explained, like it was just like a, a thing, but then yeah. because the customer told her, you can't do that she walked back into the office and said, hey, I need help with this. Can someone lift this into the truck? And so, and then the person came out and said, what are you talking about? You do it every day. Like, what? Like, why are you listening to him? Like, like just yeah. do it. And so I think it's even a good example where people can be deflated by the opinions of others uh, where they can actually provide a great service uh, equal to anyone. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and so the opposite of that is is that they can also be so impacted positively by that. But you're absolutely right. And that's um to choose like words are so powerful, aren't they? And what mm. what you what you let in, what you let in as well. Mm. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we really try to do with the women in hire and access program is is to uh, to teach like confidence and assurance and comfort and then because you've got other women in the same room you're saying hang on it wasn't just me or you know I felt like it was just me and so you're now having opportunity to have conversations and that's been one of the benefits I think is um feeling because one thing that what we do also know in terms of women is that they feel that they've got this imposter syndrome that you know that someone today's the day they're going to find out that I shouldn't be in this industry and um guys probably have it too no doubt but women tend to when they talk about it and they're in these environments they they hear, you know, they've got confidence to think differently and not let those things in um, that yeah. they've, you know, yeah, so. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's a truly good uh, insight you're providing there. So, so let's learn a little bit more about you. So who do you think uh, was a big mentor for you over your career? Yeah, well, there's, um, I, I actually remember there's a guy called uh, Chris Parkinson, and he was probably the most significant in my own career, um, in that he pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, and at the time, I actually really didn't like it. I didn't feel comfortable. I knew my my stuff. I knew what I wanted to feel like, and I, and he just pushed me. But that in in um, he it's I've got him to thank for that because the pushing was the biggest piece of growth that happened. Um, you know, even though it felt like he was kind of um, pushing me, he became such a mentor, and he um, he ended up heading up the Olympic Games in London. He lives in London again now, and and he's just had this ability to just um, with all those volunteers and the people who are not getting paid. He just had everyone. Um, believing in themselves and, and feeling that sense of purpose. Uh, I think he was the one that really helped me understand, you know, um, the purpose of what we do and um, something that today at this stage of my career, I'm so, so aligned to. Um, and he, yeah, I'd say that I, I would hold um, that time in my career as being um, the most significant in terms of mentorship. And then there was my, you know, my dad, my parents, I'm a big, I'm one of seven big family. You get in, you do it. Um, everyone helps each other, which is why I loved, I think I loved the collaboration in the higher rental industry um, is for that reason is it feels to me like a family and it, it really does. And so, um, so that was my parents have definitely uh, been mentors in that way of the way that, that we were brought up. Um, mm. Probably also the Catholic guilt has probably not helped. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, that's probably why I don't want to charge anyone. But anyway, um, but, you know, so so those kind of um, significant moments and people, um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And, and if you could give some advice to your younger self, what would you say? I think, I honestly think that I would say some of those moments that at the time you think are the worst, the most disappointing, the most um, challenging, can well, they're there for a reason to give you, they, they can be the best opportunity. And I want to think about an example that I had. I remember working, I was 25 years old, I was in a HR function. We had the keys to the building. We knew everything about everyone and we used to talk about them. And um, I came back from the bathroom one day. I can remember exactly where, what I was wearing on this day. And they, they were talking about me. And I was just like, 
we don't do that. But of course we do, we did. And so I made a decision and I, I was sick that day. I felt, you know, really, really, really upset by it. Um, and I thought, I actually thought that I wanted to leave there and never wanted to work there and all those things that you kind of go through. It was a very significant time. Um, but what I did was I thought to myself, I'm never going to talk behind someone's back. If I can't say it to their face, then I won't, I won't, I'll never talk behind their back. And from 25 to 61, it was hard, it was hard to do that, but I've done it and it's now become my career. I talk to the executives, I, I um, you know, I tell the truth. I say it, I find a way to say it that's make that's very tactful, but I absolutely say it. I won't say, and I've got a brand for that now. And I think that's actually to be fair, I think that's why some of my programs have worked so well because I am really honest about where the gap might be, where the strengths are, what potential I see, what opportunity, and I'm really honest about it. So I think that that came out of a place of absolute adversity. That was the worst day. And, and, and if I, at that point in time, if, if you ask me, did I want that to happen? I absolutely did not want that to happen. But it was the thing that shaped me. It was the thing that actually made me in my career today. Um, so if you have the worst day, the most challenging times, um, they're there for a reason. Learn, you know, go with it, learn from it. And they end up being, in my case, uh, and, and many others, your best days. Um, you know, you, that's, that's what it would be. Yeah. And I think even, like even myself, like even if you are having a bad day or you're stressed or something's gone wrong or whatever it might be, all the emotion that you're feeling on that day will be completely different tomorrow anyway. And so it, it's, it's, it's really important to always make sure that you're level-headed and you take a step back and you don't write that email that you wish you didn't write or you didn't make that phone call or whatever it might be. And we've all been in that situation. But yeah. I think even as I've got older, I've tried to, almost yeah make sure that i'm not making assumptions about things too early and yeah. if it means i need to wait a day or a week or a month or whatever it might be in the end like that thing that might have gone wrong i need to to work with it and and lean into it and and not sort of avoid it and stuff like that yeah absolutely absolutely and at the time you know it seems you know, even in the higher rental, for me, there was a, a client that I had for a number of years who um, you know, is quite a competitive client. And, and when I became the industry provider, um, it, I had to make a choice. He said, it's us or it's the industry. And I was just like, oh, I didn't want to do it, obviously, but I, I did it. And it was, you know, that's, it was hard. But those things are hard, but the, the fulfillment that I've had out of being part of this industry has been incredible. So, um, mm. yeah, those things happen. And at the time, you know, they feel like they, they're the worst. And yeah. they're often the best. That's yeah. it. And yeah. so how do you define success? Well, for me, in a professional sense, I mean, I, I think success is um, is is people reaching or, or actually having those moments. For, for me, that would be what, if money was no longer needed, uh, that moment, and I see it and I can feel it when it's coming, when someone goes, I can do this, I've got this. I'm, you know, that potential that I've maybe have been able to see because I'm so used to seeing it and I know what leadership looks like. And when they see it, 
that's my, I feel like my job is so done. Um, so I feel successful. I feel like I've made, I've, I've, I've facilitated, because I'm just the facilitator of, they're doing all the hard lifting. I've facilitated that opportunity and that to me success. Um, the principles of strategic alignment training is align, connect and grow. So they really are, if people are aligned and they're connecting and they're growing, even the, the minuscule amount of growth is success. That's from a professional perspective. From a personal perspective, you know, I feel so grateful. I've got a beautiful family and I really feel like I'm um, successful. In, and again, it's relationships. It's listening. It's being there. It's not being judgmental. It's not talking behind their backs. You know, it's it's doing all the things that I do in a professional way. And it's built, uh, you know, we, we're a, I'm a very fortunate person with a with a you know I would I wouldn't mind COVID going away but um and a bit of lockdown but I I um you know I feel really grateful and and um successful and and if I look back and now I'm actually in that point uh, Mark where I'm thinking like it is starting to think about that legacy you know what is it you know what what is it that I can can do who can uh, these programs for example are going to hopefully well and truly outlive my you know my time um in involvement so what is what do i need to do what are the, what what is it that i really need to do to support that from my perspective as i said these mm. are, i'm a partner to the industry these are the industry programs the members programs but what can i do to to make sure that if i you know if i close shop in you know a few years time that they don't stop so um so that's the next part of the journey for me is looking for sustainability of um of those programs and other and perhaps um still have the the what what people want from it being alien um uh, how we can replicate that in a way that um you know, that that stays beyond beyond my time in it mm. that's about it that would that's be successful great. that's great all right alien really want to thank you for coming on the rental journal podcast well, thanks very much for having me, Mark. I've really enjoyed it. This podcast episode was proudly supported by our premier partner, Ken Arts Hire.